a phrase that might be appropriate for us to begin each day with. I want to walk in the light of Jesus. I want to shine that light into the world that is around us. So as you remember your baptism this week each morning, I encourage you to even say to yourself, whether out loud or at least in your head, I want to walk in the light of Jesus. I want to bear fruit. Because remember, we are a people who have been given a a free will. It doesn't just come automatically once we have been baptized, once we profess that, yes, we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I think it goes back to Joshua saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's something that I personally find I need to, yes, daily remind myself of, that I am called to walk as a child of the light. Grace, mercy, and peace be and abide with each of you in the name of the one who is our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You and I, we live in a uh, society or a culture today that is obsessed with being connected. Now, I know some of us uh, of our generations uh, don't quite see it this way, but it's true. Look around you when you sit at the dinner table, whether at home with family, whether it's in a restaurant or walking along the street, but you see people obsessed with being connected. It's the cell phone, whether it's being on the phone and talking, whether it's texting, whether it's communicating through a multitude of different social medias, whether it's through, you know, people who, you know, use, um, uh, I guess, streaming to communicate, FaceTime, Skyping on their computers. Or how about this, how many people do you know that have a GPS tracker on their phone, not just so that they can find their phone when they lose it, but that they know where their loved one is? The fact is, we are indeed obsessed with being connected. And yet, in that most important of all relationships, of connections that we are to have, that is the one that we so often end up neglecting. Being significantly, daily, regularly connected to the one who is our life source, our Lord Jesus Christ, the one to whom the text today refers to as the vine. That is what we are called to, my dear friends. Throughout history, mankind has asked, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose in my life? And it's not just a question like for my 17-year-old daughter, who a lot of people, including myself at times, like yesterday, say, so where are you right now in thinking about what you'll study when you go to college in a year? It happens when we're 55. (laughs) It happens when we're 65, 75. It keeps happening. What is the purpose to this life? And I would like to suggest to you that you and I have been given the answer. It's right here. 
It's in this beautiful text from the Lord that reveals to us that we have been made to bear fruit. We have been made to love the world that is around us as truly the Lord himself. It is our purpose. And yet we struggle to bear true fruit. You know, I have, uh, over the years, uh, been very much a gardener. I have done a lot less of it, at least in regards to vegetables, but I still love to go out to plant new plants, uh, to, you know, move things, to shape things. Yesterday, you know, getting uh, some time to go and trim and mow the yard. Even when I was in eighth grade, I spent over $300 having a man that I was roofing houses with build on our property, a greenhouse that still stands there today. But you know something I never grew? Grapevines. First of all, as far as I knew, they didn't grow in Florida. Now today you find wineries all over the place. But I don't know much about vines. Now over the years I had many gardens. Matter of fact, in my childhood, my youth, always had a garden. Martha and I, over the years, have had many gardens, and the truth is, I know a lot about tomatoes. But one of the things, as I've kind of, you know, studied this text over the years, and, and then now listened to a few people that do actually grow grapevines for themselves, one of the things they tell you is, in the fall, they prune back those grapevines, and they do so in a way that we would describe as aggressively. You know, not just a, you know, a little bit of shaping, but they trim back those vines all the way back to the main stem or main branch where they leave only one or two small but strong buds. What they say is the trick is, is you literally trick the vine into thinking it's dying and the result is that it produces uh, an incredible amount of fruit. I'd like to suggest to you that, to some extent, that is a language that we should right away begin to understand. Because we, are, my friends, have been called to die to self. The scriptures call those who love their life will lose it. To me, that's all part of this pruning process. Now, as I mentioned, I've had many vegetable gardens over the years, and certainly one of our favorite crops uh, to grow is that of tomatoes. But there are certain things you need to do to get, you know, a healthy, uh, a good crop. And the biggest and the firmest, uh, best tomatoes you can get, when you first plant them, you trim off the lowest of the leaves. And if you've grown them, you probably know this, but as they begin to grow, you'll watch there at the juncture of a branch or a leaf and the main vine, you'll get what we called when I was growing up suckers. And they would come out between those, and some people will leave them, but truly what is recommended is that you snip those off. Because if you leave all of those suckers and you just keep tying them up with more of mom's stockings like I used to, what you're going to get is a big, beautiful, bushy bush that looks great, but that produces very little significant 
fruit. I think too often we have allowed ourselves to think that looking good is what it's all about. Looking good is, is, in a sense, you know, a form of bearing fruit, but the reality is you and I can't, subsi can't subsist on a vine. Not we can't eat that. Y you smell the tomato plant? That's already a bad enough smell. Try eating the leaves. See how good that's going to be for you. Pruning is part of the process. Pruning is done out of love and out of concern of the, the master gardener himself that we ultimately would fulfill that purpose for which we were created. My friends, like a plant, we are reminded over and over again in worship that we are dying. That the time of pruning, the time to bear fruit is now. Now, too often we are like that tomato plant. Too often we, we just grow and we look good. Well, I appreciate this reality. The Lord says, abide in me. Abide in me. It's a wonderful word. You know what it means? Dwell with or if you look even a little bit further into it pitch a tent with settle in stay there be there in his presence too often what we want to do is we want to say yeah you know i spent a little time with him and then we go off and we live life our way the rest of the week but he's calling us to stay connected to him, to abide with him, so that ultimately, through that one true vine, we would bear fruit. And what is that fruit? It's love. Plain and simple, it's love. Our reading from the Apostle John in his first letter this morning, 26 times, talks about love. This is how we know that we are connected to the true vine. As God abides in us and we in God, his love flows to all those who are around us. That's the fruit. We were created to love, to share the love that we receive from Christ. And so it is in loving that we find our purpose and our joy. Over the years, I... I've spoken a phrase uh, uh, a number of times and places in this church, and that is that we, my friends, are called to be Jesus in the flesh. Yes. As some would say, you may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. You and I, we receive his body and blood, his flesh, when we come and receive the Lord's Supper. We receive it within us, and then we carry it with us as he is alive in his spirit in us. We may be the only Jesus to those who are around us.
Paul talks about um, bearing fruit, but he refers to it as fruits of the Spirit. Sometimes we say to ourselves when we hear those, you know, I wish I could do that, I wish I had that one, but have you told yourself lately that actually those are expectations and they're not optional? They're evidence that we are indeed connected to the vine when we live this way. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's not optional. It's evidence that we are bearing fruit. It is evidence that we are connected to the one who is the vine. If you were to be pruned today, what would be cut off? If you were to be pruned today, what is it in your life that is somehow keeping you from bearing the true fruit you've been called to? What in your life is that beautiful foliage that looks wonderful but really is not fruit? What would be cut off? Well, my dear friends in Christ... That's what the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to cut off all that detracts from and just looks good for show but really isn't bearing fruit. Jesus makes it clear that the measure is love. Anything that helps us love God and love others will stay and all that detracts from our love for others, it can go. The newer translations sometimes begin to use different words. The one we read today talked about remain in me. Um, What I think I first learned and even memorized this text in was abide in me. When I hear that phrase, I can't help but think of that hymn that we've often sung in evening services at Advent or Lent or other special services But abide with me speaks of some of the pruding that happens in our lives. The word abide draws us to our very being. It draws us to the main vine. Listen to some of that hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the evening tide. The evening tide, not just night. But as life draws to a close, darkness closing in around us, we need Jesus to abide with us. When our helpers fail and comforts flee, when the other things that you and I have looked to that we think give life meaning are shown for what they really are, we need Jesus to abide with us. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day, Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. What seems so important earlier in life now doesn't seem very important at all. Oh, if we could only see when we were young, right? The hope of the hymn comes with the question and an answer when it says, Where is death sting? Where grave thy victory, I triumph still if thou abide with me. 
You and I may be wrestling with some of that right now based on where we are in life, maybe realizing, you know, our life is half over or more. Or maybe you're wrestling with that as we talk today about the purpose of our lives of being connected to the vine is that we would bear fruit. One thing we can be sure of, Jesus abides with us. God's love is assured for all who trust and remain in him. If we seek to abide in Jesus, to seek to be connected to the main vine, to allow pruning, cutting out that that does not help us bear fruit, we know what the hymn speaks of. We know that death has no victory. Life has purpose and meaning. The victory and the meaning is reflected in God's love for us and our love for God and one another. survey after survey, and even the census shows that we may be a spiritual nation, but sadly we bought into the world's lie that would have us to grow all sorts of foliage, all sorts of things that make us look good or feel good about ourselves. We hear from the world that it doesn't matter what you're connected to. It's all good. But no matter, no wonder so many people are professing belief in all kinds of things are connecting with vines that failed them. And that's why they're still searching. Because they haven't found meaning in life. They haven't found that which bears fruit that brings joy and purpose. And they are not connected to the one who gives true life. Your friend's connection to the vine is essential. One writer said that we are a flower-cut civilization. We look good for a while, but without roots, we soon wither and we die. Kind of an interesting way to look at how we live life today, isn't it? To abide in Jesus, however, is to have roots. To abide in Jesus is to allow the life to flow from the roots to our lives, from Christ himself. To abide in Jesus is to tend the connection, to weed and remove all that would hinder that connection. The connection is part of who we are. But as a people with a free will, the connection is for us also to nurture. And I would suggest that's part of why you're here today. And I would remind you is that is why you and I need to weekly be in his presence in worship. In that place where the sacraments are present, where the word is read and proclaimed. It is why we as a people emphasize the necessity, the value of us being in that word. Because every day we need to be connected to that vine. Because the world when we go outside keeps trying to separate us more and more from the one who is the source of life. Why last Wednesday, a new Wednesday night Bible study began. It's why in just a, a couple of short weeks, there are a couple of other new small groups that are beginning. It's why the women of grace meet on Mondays. It's why you know, the men's Bible studies meet each week. It's why we need to be connected to the vine. 
why daily I go and I remember my baptism. I remember what he has done. I remember that he abides with me. I remember his promises that he remains with me. My dear friends in Christ, our life as Amazing Grace Lutheran Church is part of our connection to the vine. We need each other. We hold each other accountable. We uphold each other in love and support when we struggle, when the world, when Satan would come and separate us from the one who is the life source, the vine himself. And it is why our doors are open so that others too who have not yet experienced the joy of being connected to the vine might experience that joy, that meaning, and that purpose for this life and for all eternity. May you, my dear friends, allow yourselves to be, selves to be pruned and may you allow yourselves to be vessels through which God produces fruit the fruit of love that draws others to him as well. Amen.